Hello, welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. Yo, Wesley, I did it! <laughs> I have watched all the Rocky movies. We're going to be talking about Rocky. We're going to be talking about Creed. We're going to be getting into the just longest running fighting franchise. I can tell by your face and by your laughter. Did you not appreciate that Rocky reference there? Dude, you hit me with the Rocky reference. Hayden's been, I've seen most of the movies, but Hayden consumed them all in the like week leading up to Creed. So yeah. So like before we get into this episode and start talking all about the movies in specific, it's important I emphasize I had never watched the Rocky movies before. Um, I was, I'm a complete newbie to the franchise and it was kind of my big shame was that I just had never checked out the Rocky franchise. Everybody had told me I needed to watch it for a long time. I like UFC quite a bit. I like fighting quite a bit. It's maybe the only sport that I actually give a shit about. And still, I hadn't seen these movies. I consumed all six, seven Rocky movies. Six. Six Rocky movies and three Creed movies. Nine movies collectively. Oh, I, I was going to be like, there's nine movies. What do you mean six? Nine in total. I consumed all that I in... See. In five days, six days, maybe. A madman. All I did was watch people punch each other in the face. And let me tell you, it's been the most energizing week of my life. <laughs> but before we get right into it, Wesley, how have you been doing? Um, good. Uh, I'm here, alive. It's been a bit of a busy week for me, but um, I don't know if people can hear it or not, but I just got a new microphone, which is very nice. It's got a little cool boom arm and everything feel like a real podcaster now um it's very much like the podcaster setup you see where they're on like the couch sets and they're holding on to the microphone and moving around a bunch i'm not gonna do that because it makes a bunch of noise it does it sounds very weird um but yeah i also like so something i've been playing around with an idea i've been playing around with is the idea of real adult money um Mm. i didn't realize i had real adult money until i went on amazon the other day and was like Oh, a Lego set is only like $50. Um, and so I bought myself a Lego set the other day um, just because I wanted to. I felt like an adult. Uh, I feel like that's a very child brain but adult money type move. What is the Lego set? What are you going to be building? Uh, it's the um, uh, classic Aston Martin from 007. Ooh. Um, yeah, I saw it and it was on sale for actually 40 And I was like... Yeah, sure. Why not? It's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I'll be nice. building Lego at some point this week uh, when I need a break from life. So Gotta love that. No, that's uh, awesome. I'll actually be building it in the background of this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're simultaneously talking, potting about Creed and, and building an Aston Martin. In the background of this entire episode, I'm actually just going to play that sound effect when you build stuff in Lego games. Uh, so it sounds like I'm building the entire time. <laughs> And just a blast of the past. Whenever I hear that noise, I'm immediately just playing Lego Star Wars again. Yeah. So, Wesley, before we get into, like, Creed 3 and the Creed movies in general, let's talk a little bit about this franchise and its its humble origins with Rocky Balboa. Um, what is your relationship to, like, the Rocky movies? Like, did you discover and watch them on your own? Or, like, were they shown to you while you were growing up via, like, like some bro dad figure in your life? Or what's going on there? I just, I kind of watched them randomly and sporadically. Uh, I started with the first one. I think my dad might have showed me the first one or something, but 
I remember like watching them randomly when people would bring them up and I'd be like, oh, I've seen the first one, and the second one. And they're like, well, let's watch the third one. Or like, I've seen all the first, second and third. They're like, let's watch the fourth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones I when it got to Creed, when like Creed, the first Creed movie came out, I went and saw that because I wanted to see it. Like I had hit an age at that point where I was like, OK, I'm interested in actually going out and watching these movies right. instead of people just showing me these classics um and so i i watched all the creed movies in like the idea of like i actually want to go see these movies and not like these are classics you should watch them mm-hmm. um i think the ones i haven't seen are uh i haven't seen rocky balboa and it's either four or five that i haven't seen i can't remember five is the only one in the franchise from like based on just binging them all five is the only one that's actually bad all of the Rocky movies, even when they're a little silly, they're still pretty great. Like, I, it's actually, it was really hard for me to rank them. But five is just awful. I think it should be at the bottom of everyone's list. It's not a good movie. Rocky Balboa uh, is one of those ones where it's, like, super divisive amongst fans. Like, people are either like, this is a great uh, movie that honors the first one and is a very stripped-back, like, Rocky personal character study movie. And then there's people who are like, it's nostalgia bait and it sucks. So... I lean into the former. I act, I thought Rocky Balboa was pretty good. I was I was really emotionally affected by it. But it, it's a hit or miss one, I think. Yeah. I think yeah, it's it's very shocking to me that these movies managed to like just not be on my radar for so long, like, especially the Creed. Like if if you went out, we were friends when you went to see Creed 2. I don't know how I wasn't there. Neither do I. Like It's a very weird thing. But um, I, I mean, I guess if you're not like these occupy a weird space, like when I heard that it had won some kind of award or like was it, uh, it was one of the highest grossing sports movies of all time or something. And like the first opening weekend. Yeah. Uh, something along those lines, sports movies are their own breed of movies. Um, when I True. went to go see Creed three and I don't know if you saw any of the previews beforehand or not, but they were all for movies that I had never heard of that were only sports movies that were coming out eventually um sports movies are in their own weird category they get their own selection of trailers yeah yeah so i i totally understand you not having watched a ton of them um but i do think that it's one of the more iconic ones when you talk about sports movies you know yeah it's like rocky is pretty high up there yeah i agree i think you know rocky of course, is one of the greatest underdog stories of all time and inspired pretty much every sports movie ever made following its release. Uh, And it goes even deeper than sports movies. It inspired pretty much every underdog story ever made uh, after it released. And I just, as someone who just watched it for the first time, I'll say that original Rocky movie holds up. It is like, it's really good. Um, What do you think of like Rocky Balboa as a character? And the reason I ask this is because Sylvester Stallone, you kind of you kind of watch him become a good actor throughout that franchise. He's not necessarily a great actor when the first one releases there. And Rocky's like a he's such a character. So I'm curious what what do you think of him? Um like I don't know how much there is to say about the character of Rocky Balboa. Yeah. He's an Italian dude who punches stuff. Like the Italian that is stallion. It. I'm going to be honest, Rocky doesn't have that deep of a character arc or, like, backstory or whatever. Like, regardless of what they try and 
turn his character into or what they try to do throughout the movies. He, at the end of the day, he's a guy that punches other guys in the ring, and he's Rocky Balboa, you know? Like, <laughs> Fair enough. He, I, I, I understand when the sports movies try to, like, give the characters some kind of big emotional arc or things like that, but deep down on the inside, I really just see Rocky as, like, Rocky from the first movie in every single movie. I can't get it out of my head. It's this weird thing I have. Well, where it's just like he is just Rocky. I think the most interesting thing about the Rocky franchise is that it's the definition of a movie that didn't really need a franchise. Um, and that's not to say anything negative about the franchise. In fact, I think my favorite movies are the ones that come after. Well, the the original Rocky is f- fantastic and very high up in my ranking. But like, they become better the more you add to that original movie. And I think it's so weird because you really could have just stopped the Rocky franchise after that original one and had kind of the same arc a little bit. Um, but I found the thing that I got emotionally invested in with the Rocky character is is his relationship with Adrian. I think that's what takes him further than just some cliche fighter dude. It's really how kind of a person he is on on the inside. Um, you know, maybe a bit simple-minded, but he is extremely good-willed and, gener- and generous. And I think that's one thing that kind of brings him above all those other I'm going to get in the ring and prove myself. It's that he doesn't even really want to win. He just wants to to have a shot. And I think that's what makes that a, emotional arc in that first one work so much. Yeah, valid. I it, I just, um, I don't know. I see him as a meathead a little bit. But at the same time, you're right. He is a lovable meathead. He is a meathead. And I, I they made the smart decision as those movies go on to write into the scripts that he has brain damage from the fights and it makes a lot more sense when you listen to some of the things that come out of his mouth um when you know that that's the cause for that yeah uh i think like i'm curious why do you think that the rocky original film and the franchise as a whole has kind of has such intense staying power in mainstream media rocky's been around for nearly 50 years and yet it's still pulling in crowds for these for these spin-off films it's still like a huge franchise why do you think pop culture loves rocky so much it's the it's the underdog story man this is like definition textbook underdog story yeah like this kind of made kind what of, underdog story is exactly this is kind of where it starts for a lot of things in a lot of sports movies the underdog story the training montages like all that kind of stuff this is where it pretty much originates yeah um and rocky does it really well in the sense of how much of an underdog rocky is and um these amazing training sequences that we'll never forget the music of whenever anyone does a training sequence it's the music from rocky it's Um, true whether it's like the actual rocky theme song or whether it's eye of the tiger which is a song that was made for the rocky movies it it all ties back exactly so i i think that's why it's just so iconic like it's like the the first star wars movie um it's it's the beginning of all these amazing things uh, but in the sports universe of movies. Right. No, I, I do think that you're spot on. I also think it's, you know, as I kind of just previously mentioned too, a lot of these types of movies, kind of all the ones that came after Rocky and tried to mimic Rocky, will just focus on someone's desire to to fight. And what I think makes Rocky such a, a long-term endearing character is that, yes, he's a meathead, but you get to know him. Like, you spend actually... Like, Rocky as a movie, probably, like, 20% boxing. 
the rest is just like hanging out with him, hanging out with him and Adrian, hanging out with him at the gym while he's talking to Mickey. It's really just a lot of talking. And that was the one thing I was really shocked by. I'm like, Rocky's not really a fighting movie. It becomes a fighting franchise as they go on. But that first one's kind of as much of a love story as it is a boxing movie. And I think that might be why people have connected to it so much. Yeah. You know, I don't have to like tell this story, but I do think like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Sylvester Stallone, um, he he had to fight so hard to get this movie made. Uh, and I think that it is, it's, what's really interesting is Rocky's story is kind of a parallel to Sylvester Stallone's story, which is like, he wanted to direct it. He wrote it. He wanted to star in it. And everybody was like, no, you can't write it. We're going to go back and we're going to change things about it. You can't star in it. You're not a good actor. You can't direct it. He didn't end up directing it, but he did write and star in it. And he was so broke and he was getting rejected that he had to sell his dog and to get the what? movie made. He, yeah, he literally like couldn't afford anything. And so he sold his, his dog. And eventually, he, when the movie was a success, he went back. He bought that dog back. It's, oh, the, best, it's oh. the best story of all time. So um, cute. I think like it's a very known story, but I was just like, I need to mention it. Because that's just like... That's movie magic stuff right there. Is like going through the same struggle as your character at the same time as your character and then making it to the other side with that character. I just think it's it's truly inspirational. Yeah. Do you um do you tend to from your experience like the Rocky or the Creed movies more? Um to be honest, I think I like the Creed movies a bit more and that's just because the creed movies were made for my generation right um i think just the rocky like the original rocky is amazing but it's really outdated um and the creed movies are the rocky movies reskinned so i think it just makes sense that those ones are the ones that i kind of vibe with a bit more i still think the rocky movies are great but definitely the creed movies are the ones that i feel more of a connection to yeah no, that's fair enough. I I said, you know, I'm going to spoil my list a little bit right now, but my number one movie in the franchise was Creed. Got filleted for that on the dive in Instagram a little bit. Um, I, I still stand by it. I think that original Creed movie is not only a perfect Rocky sequel, but a phenomenal, you know, spinoff movie that sets up this new character as our lead. Fair. Just so I don't get flamed, uh, that was not my decision. That was all Hayden. So <laughs> do, you, do you not stand with this decision? I mean... Creed is a good movie, but, like, I got to put some respect on the original Rocky. I mean, come on. I have respect for the original Rocky, I will say. Yeah, respect for ha- number five, if I'm not number mistaken. Number two. Number two. two. What's original number Rocky. five? Number five. Oh, I think was... number five is Creed three, actually. Yeah, and number six. Rocky Balboa is number five. Okay. But, um, yeah, so, like, I guess my thoughts on this are, like, Having just watched all these within a couple days, I, I think I care more about Rocky as a lead. I was more invested in his, you know, his love story, his journey as, as a person. But then when I'm watching the Creed movies from like a directing standpoint, I'm like, these fucking rock. Like these are They're well so made movies. Very well made, yeah. The music gets me absolutely hyped up. Listen, I know that the Rocky scores are great, but when Michael B. Jordan is running to Meek Mill, I'm just like this is game changing. See, that's the difference. That is the generational difference. Um, like you've got "I the Tiger" for the original Rocky, which is an iconic song. But for Hayden and I, "I of the Tiger" is reminiscent of our high school theme song. Um, oh yeah, which is not as exciting. 
uh, as Meek Mill and Michael B. Jordan. I think it's likely that Eye of the Tiger was every <laughs> middle-class white kid's high school theme song. If you had a tiger mascot, 20 bucks says Eye of the Tiger was the song that they played at assemblies and sports games. So I guess like my, my next question is, is there a school that doesn't have a tiger mascot? Because I see so many tigers as the mascot. I'm like, I think we can be more creative here. Uh, a high school? Uh, uh, uh. So when I was in elementary school, <laughs> our mascot was a patriot. It was, uh, I can't remember the school's name. Oh my God. Pine river Patriots. And, uh, and it was just the dumbest image ever. It was just a dude in a hat. (laughs) You know, in my elementary school, it was a beaver. Uh, and in my middle school, it was actually a T-Rex, which was pretty cool. Nice. That is pretty dope. That's a little more original than a tiger. Yeah. A little more original, but I feel like tigers and like, they get away with it too. Cause they've got things like wild cats and, uh the cheetahs and uh like lions and tigers and bears oh my um but they have so many different versions of a lion or a tiger or something that they just all are like oh yeah we're different but no not at all you're not that slick we we know you're not that guy pal you're not that guy (laughs) um yeah like just to linger on the original creed movie for like a little just a second longer I want to. I do want to give my thoughts on that film because I just watched it for the first time. I've heard nothing but praise for for a long time. Creed to me is one of the most hyped, mo- like hyped up motivational sports movies I've ever watched, and I think it's a perfect continuation of Rocky's story, and it goes in the most full circle direction that they could have gone for his character. Watching Apollo Creed and Rocky fight in Rocky One and Two, and then become friends by Rocky Three, is such a satisfying arc, and then in Creed having him train his son, Adonis, I was just like, this is just great storytelling. And yes, Creed is a little bit like Rocky reskinned, but they managed to make that work by making Rocky have a successful sequel arc while they kind of reskin his arc into a different character, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I I would agree with that. It's definitely, um, they're definitely successful by having Rocky as a character Yeah, uh, that's kind of around, and he has his own little arc going on too, and so... It doesn't feel as much as like they're just redoing the movie as they are continuing the legacy. Yeah. And I think Creed in particular, I will say, you said you haven't seen Rocky Balboa. That's the one that I think Creed benefits the most from because that's the one he loses Adrian. Um, That's the one where he, you know, he has the restaurant themed around her um, and he loses Adrian to cancer, which is brought up in Creed. But I think it just hits a little bit harder when Rocky gets cancer and he just refuses to even try and deal with it because of what happened in in the events uh, leading up to Rocky Balboa. Um, I think that what this franchise does so successfully with Creed is a lot of them are like, it's a reboot or it's a requel and we're going to do our own thing. But for better or worse, the Creed movies never forget about any of the Rocky movies. Like every single one of those, even if the story goes in the direction that people didn't care about, it's all pivotal. You know, like Rocky four, is a very 80s, over-the-top, cheesy movie. And Creed 2 is a direct sequel to Rocky IV. I just think that that's... It's very interesting because they could have easily just been like, all right, Rocky shows up in Creed, and then Rocky goes away, and then every movie after that is just a different Adonis Creed movie. And I think that having Creed 2 actually be like more of a Rocky sequel than it is a Creed sequel um, 
it's a decision that doesn't work for everyone, but I, I think that that's something I really respect about the franchise. At this point, I guess, let's get into Creed 3 a little bit mm. and talk about the reason we're here, the reason I binged this entire franchise within a couple of days like a deranged madman. Um, the, the Creed and Rocky story are so tied together, as I was kind of just saying. Like, Rocky 2, more of a Rocky... Or uh, Creed 2, more of a Rocky sequel than it is a Creed sequel. With Creed 3, Stallone opted not to return both over a feud that he's having with the producer. Producer's like a 93-year-old man who kind of... Sylvester Stallone needed money, and he sold the rights to the franchise. And he's been trying to get those rights back for decades now. And this Mm -hmm. dude just won't give him any piece of his own pie. He won't let uh, Sylvester Stallone back into the franchise in that regard. So he's very bitter over that. But on top of that, he just... He said something that I honestly kind of disagree with, which is like, Creed 3 is too dark for him. And he thinks that though that these movies should have more light and optimism in them and that Creed three is more of a thriller and he didn't really want to be involved in that creative direction for the franchise. Um, nevertheless, do you think Rocky should have been in Creed three or do you think that making this third film entirely on Adonis's shoulders is kind of the right call at this point? I definitely think making it on Adonis's shoulders is definitely the right call. Um, Rocky is great. Uh, his character great, but this is, like Adonis's story now, the mantle has been passed, and like I would have loved to see Sylvester Stallone in like a scene or two or something. Um, sadly, we don't, but I would have loved to see it to see him just pop in there. But I think his character story arc is done. Yeah, I mean, you know, the final Rocky sequence in Creed Two is him looking at Adonis and saying, "It's your time before leaving." and then going and making up with his son, who he is not on speaking terms with. I don't know if I can name a, a more straight-up conclusion to a character's, like, decades-long yeah. character arc. Like, it, like Rocky's character arc is done. Especially because Rocky Balboa was supposed to be the movie that ended that arc, and then Creed 1 and 2 happened. And there's really nowhere to go with him at this point. He made up with his son, who he pushed away. He has passed the mantle to Adonis in a moment of, you know, pride. There's really nowhere to to have him in this movie. But I will say, I do have a beef with Creed 3, which is, they don't even mention him. They don't don't even tell me where he is or what he's doing. What do they say? They don't mention him specifically, but they mention that people still talk about his fight to this day. Yeah, true. There's (laughs) one line, and that's it. that's, That's such a weak line for me. I do remember that line, actually. I was just like, yeah, everybody knows Rocky. Of course they do. This is... You know, this was his franchise. Where is he? Is he alive? What's going on with him? Who I, knows? I don't know if I entirely buy that Rocky as a character um, wouldn't reach out to Adonis with some of the events that happen in throughout this movie. Nevertheless, like you said, it's uh, it's Michael B. Jordan saying this is this is my franchise now. Yeah, maybe Rocky's dead in, now in in the world, and we just don't know. And Adonis is just like. Damn. R.I.P. Unk. More emotional trauma I'm just going to bury. Yeah, true. That's a huge part of, of him as a character. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get into Creed 3 a little bit more. Like, What did you think of this movie when you walked out of the theaters and, and you finished watching it? I walked out of the theaters satisfied, happy, ready to box somebody, I guess. Um, I, I really did enjoy this movie. I, I was very satisfied with exactly what I got. And it was exactly what I expected. Yeah. Um, 
and I think that Michael B. Jordan does an amazing job at directing and uh, starring in this movie. I really do think that there are some like star-studded performances in this, um, and it is definitely like high on my list of all the Rocky and Creed movies. Like it's it's very good in my opinion. Yeah, I quite liked it as well. I thought, you know, it has some very very notable strength and then some things that kind of detracted from the movie for me a little bit but overall i walked out of creed 3 and i was like damn it's fight night let's go to the sports bar i'm 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 trying to watch john jones box i just watched two two hours of fighting left there immediately to go watch more fighting so i think that says a little bit about the mental state that the movie left me in which is is to say when you binge all of the rocky movies yeah i was just pure testosterone there was there was nothing nothing other than that but yeah i i I, I do think that this movie does just really deliver as, like, an Adonis... Do you think that this movie could wrap up the, the Creed trilogy? Or do you think you want to see it keep going? You could leave it there, and it'd be fine. There's nothing else to, like, wrap up. All the plot points are done. Like, yeah. unless they want another movie where somebody challenges Adonis again. So um, movie number four should be... Clubber Lang's son, the villain of Rocky Three, coming back to Exactly. You know, they could keep doing this. They could find multiple ways to keep doing it. I'd be down to watch it, but I do agree with you that Creed Three does kind of if they want to leave it, they can end it there. Yeah. This as I had mentioned, this movie's all about Adonis. It's about a figure from his past who returns into his life trying to reclaim what he feels was stolen from him. I as I kind of mentioned, yeah, I think after two movies involving Rocky so heavily and kind of honestly him having the heavy plot points for that. I think making this fight personal to Creed's own past, not Rocky's past, not some dude who shows up and he's like, I'm the son of this dude. I think making this someone that, you know, Adonis has direct ties to, to his childhood, to some of the events that had happened there. I think it's, it's very smart. What did you think of the character who, who surfaces in his life? His name is Dame Anderson played by, the wonderful Jonathan Majors, who we've been praising a lot recently. Yeah, I think he's a great character. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for Adonis's journey to have this character from his past show up because Adonis's whole thing is this, like, as we learn in the movie, is him just, like, burying his past behind him and moving forward to be Creed, essentially. And so it's so interesting to have this blast from the past, from a past that we know very little about. Yeah. Um, and that Adonis has been very unwilling to share. Agree. I do agree completely. And I think making it so personal adds this. I I was talking to, to Cole and Braden after we got out of the theater, and I just said that Jonathan Majors, he, he channels this almost like thriller vibe going on in this movie where it's like he's like a stalker. Like he's like yeah. kind of showing up to try and like dismantle his life piece by piece. And it's completely unique to any of the other types of fighters who are just like, I'm going to punch you until you knock out. There's a difference between raw power and that like studying and actually looking and using your brain to figure out what's the best uh, attack um, that Damien's doing in the ring. That's just like terrifying. Yeah, he's and this is I'm going to talk about Jonathan Majors for a minute and I don't at the risk of just repeating our Ant-Man pod. I'm I'm going to I got to get into it. He's so charismatic and yet angry. Like there's times where like I'm smiling with him, even though he's like behaving like an absolute menace. And then there's other times where I'm like, like you look into his eyes and he's like genuinely scary. 
And I think that that's really, really cool, especially when you're this far into a franchise to have a villain kind of surface who's going to be like, I think people are going to remember Jonathan Majors' performance in this as like a standout, um, you know, Rocky slash Creed villain. Oh, definitely. And man, oh man, is he ever jacked for this? Like, the dude's huge. Huge. And like, I think I, I leaned over to Cole while we were watching the movie and I was like, we're an hour in. Notice how he hasn't taken his shirt off yet. I, I wanted to mention that. So I think it's so smart. The costume designers are just mm, geniuses yeah. um, for putting both uh, Creed and uh, Damien in like bag your clothes, things that aren't as tight fitting, especially Damien so that when you finally see him in the ring, like he looks really buff. Um, I did think it was a little silly that there was a moment where, um, Adonis like pulls up his shirt cause he's supposed to be retired and old and out of shape or whatever, but they just cut it off cause he's got like a eight pack underneath there. Okay, yeah. Cause he's Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, uh, we'll just say he's gained a little weight, I guess. And I was like, yeah, nice try. I know he's just like rock hard abs underneath that thing. I might have missed it. How long do they say he's been retired for? It hasn't even been like that long. I don't remember exactly, but it's been like... We start the movie with him fighting. Well, we start the movie with him at his last fight. And then it's like maybe two years later or like a year. Okay. I can't remember exactly. I don't remember them really saying. And I was just like... All right, some some period of time later, he's just chilling. Uh, yeah, but I get yeah. Jonathan Majors is just like so jacked. The scene where he's climbing the ropes, and like Jesus, I just didn't know that human bodies could look like that. I've seen really jacked people, but he's like, it's just it's pretty intense. And he got into this yeah. shape for this movie in another wrestling movie that he's in called Magazine Dreams. I've heard people who saw Magazine Dreams at Sundance are like, he's even more jacked in Magazine Dreams than he is in Creed 3. How? I'm like, damn, he just can't be stopped. Bro's an absolute beast. Uh, did you also see um, that clip of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal for that new movie he's doing? I don't know what it's called. Uh, Roadhouse. Yeah, it, at the UFC fight. Yeah, that was this pretty was, cool to see. Yeah, I think this was during the one that we were watching, was it not? Or was it a different one? It was, yeah. It was during like the press stuff early in the day for the one that we ended up watching that evening. Very cool. That fight, by the way, I'm not about to like start talking about the UFC fight that we just watched the other evening, but it <laughs> John Jones folded that dude. It was absolutely insane. He I mean not folded him, but he got out there, made him tap out just almost immediately. And it was yeah. like the main card event. I I don't think I've ever watched a UFC fight night that ends so quickly. I was just like like two minutes maybe. I was so drunk. I was ready to watch people punch each other in the face, and it happened so quick that I didn't even know what happened. The more exciting and violent fight beforehand was the women's fight, where they. It was a like, good fight. Hey, I'm I'm gonna say this right now. UFC women, scary, um, intense ladies, uh, and can throw a mean punch. And it was a really good fight. It was better than the title card fight, in my opinion. I actually agree. I think almost all of the ones leading up to the main fight were just more entertaining to watch. Yeah. John Jones has been retired for like six years. You could tell he was just like, I'm not playing around. I'm not losing this fight. I'm going to just make this dude give up immediately. Yeah. It's very funny. Uh, Let's okay. So let's talk a little bit about 
the directing of this movie. Michael B. Jordan, directorial debut. He stars in the movie, also directed it. And, you know, a lot of the time when you have actors transition to directing, it can just be like questionable. It can give you a little bit of an eyebrow raise where you're just like, let's see how you do this, especially in such an established franchise that's so successful. But I'll be honest with you, he can really direct. Um, There's a lot of times while watching this movie that I was like really blown away by his eye for the way he shoots the fights and just like a lot of cool visual stuff. What did you think of Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut with Creed 3? I thought it was really good. I I do. I think he's got an eye for directing. And I we were talking about this uh, earlier, but he how he uh, he was saying that he like got some inspiration from anime and stuff too, and added that in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was really cool and really well used. Uh, some really awesome moments where you get that perfect punch, and it's just like slow mo and knocks the dude right on his face, like. Those are great moments, um, but I, I do think his directing style uh, has really done a lot for this movie, and I think it does a really good job at kind of making a lot of things shine. Agreed. Um, you know, when he talked about the anime stuff prior to the movie coming out, I think everyone was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm interested to see, but like, what does that even mean? That like, this boxing movie is like inspired by anime. Um, and then immediately while watching the movie, I started it's all started clicking. I was like, I know exactly what you mean. He's talking about, you know, the water dropping off of people's faces when they get punched. Um, the close-ups on their eyes was a thing that I immediately was like, it's super anime. Uh, you know, like the, the shots of them as kids during their final fight. I was like, that's such an anime type trope to, to throw in there. Trope. Yeah. And so like, it's very interesting because nine movies into your franchise, it can be really hard to reinvent and to to come up with a new visual style that doesn't stray too far away from from what people know and love. You know, a lot of the Rocky movies, all great, but they the fights vary in qualities of the fights, but they all kind of look the same, you know? And so to to show up, be like, I'm gonna direct this one, and on top of that, this this new movie is inspired by anime. I just think it's really cool to have like that kind of different creative lens adding all these fun little details to it definitely he uh he did a really good job at breathing some new life into this very monotonous just like boxing style series of movies and yeah i definitely think this is one of those examples of remaking the brand to fit today's genre of movies agreed and it's it's cool because creed 3 doesn't even feel like the first two creed movies which is just really really interesting while watching it i thought that was really cool um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, Tessa Thompson in this movie, who, big part of the first and second, I feel she's a little sidelined here. I mean, I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan of her. Do you, do you feel like you wish you had a little, she had a little bit more to do? I, I could, I would love to see her more, but I think that the amount that she did, um, was pretty, like, I think it worked well. Um, yeah having her as like kind of the we get that glimpse of like creed's life at home with his wife and kids uh, and having her being the more grounded character in that and seeing uh adonis struggle with like being emotionally available with her and emotionally open with her uh because he's so used to punching out his feelings and he doesn't have that anymore right. um 
and so I think she does a very good job with what she's got. I could have seen her more, but I think that um, having the movie focus more on Adonis and Damien's uh, relationship was definitely way more important. Yeah, and, you know, she does have some really great scenes. In particular, the one that sticks out to me is, like, when Dame comes over to their house for dinner, and they're sitting and they're on the back deck and they're talking. It's a really great conversation. She's really good in it. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, the scene where they're watching Kehlani sing her song and he's asking her how it feels to have somebody else, you know, kind of take your art in a sense. Uh, I think that she's really good in those kind of moments and she is like a hard supporting character in this, but one who leaves her mark. And on top of that, they sideline her so that they can explore a different female relationship in Adonis's life through, through his daughter. Kid actors can, can be a tricky thing as, as we've talked about on this podcast before. I thought this actress who played his daughter, wonderful wonderful she was really good super um super charming super cute uh she's played by mila davis kent and i just feel like the representation of asl in this movie um it's a theme that's in the first and second creep movie but really taking it to the next level by having her present and speaking sign language throughout this movie thought the sign language was was really affecting yeah definitely i think it was very effective emotional yeah because it you know you're seeing such a different side of him seeing Adonis Creed uh, dressed up as a frog and having a tea party. It's just yeah. fun stuff. And it's nice too because that, um, like, you even get really kind, sweet moments where uh, at the deaf school they're signing to each other instead of speaking. Uh, right. Just so that, so it's not like kids are getting excluded and they can't hear what is going on, you know? Yeah. Um, so little moments like that too, I think, were very emotionally touching. And on top of that, uh, they set up this very interesting arc that kind of ties back into what we were talking about. Like, are they going to keep making Creed movies? They set up this idea that she she wants to fight and that she might be interested in getting into the uh, the same industry as her dad. How do you feel about seeing a, a daughter Creed spinoff film? I don't know. Because uh... I was like, this is all very cute. I don't know if I want to watch this movie. I'm yeah. very in- Yeah. That's the thing. I just I don't know how well it would work. I mean, give it a couple years. Uh or at least it- like I mean, she's like 10 in this movie, so like we'll get, we got to give it a while, but they are setting that up. It's something that came to my mind where I was like they're definitely trying to like lay these seeds. I mean, maybe uh you know how crazy I would like scream in the theater to watch her uh getting ready for the ring and then like ronda rousey walks in or something like that <laughs> it'd be wild it'd be um, absolutely crazy but i mean hey go for it i think the idea of having the creed movies transition to like female boxing which is still just as impressive as male boxing i'm not saying that female boxing is less impressive like i just mentioned the ufc fights the ones with the women were way more interesting than the ones with the men in my yeah. opinion um but I would just love to see that. I think it would be a similar story, but through the lens of a woman, which might be very interesting and different and open up new uh, passageways and alleyways that Rocky and Creed couldn't before. Yeah. At that, like a deaf woman too, right? Um, yeah, exactly. That'd be super interesting. Imagine being in the ring. You don't even hear the the bells go ding, ding. It's just complete silence. And yeah. just like low thuds as you're punching and being punched. That would actually be really cool. 
I'd be, it's, it would, again, it would allow them to add fresh air to a franchise that's, you know, quickly going to run up on the problem of just like, what, where do we go next? Yeah. Um, Adonis Creed is such a interesting character because each movie he has this different emotional struggle. Um, I, I guess like I kind of already asked you this, but I want to like get into the plot of this movie a little bit more. Like, what do you think of the direction to have like a character kind of attempting to like dismantle his life? Like, or I guess the, the question that I'm actually going to ask is like, while watching Dame do this, did you believe that he was like good intentioned or were you like, damn, this bro is about to like try and ruin everything. Damien. Yeah. Cause I mean, based on the trailers, we already know they're going to fight, but they really try and lean into during the movie that like he is appreciative of what Adonis is doing. So I was waiting for this, this turn. I'm just curious about your thoughts on like that kind of plot device. I, I feel like it was, it did work well. Um, I think that if he had just been like very hostile out of the gate, I would have been like, why is he even here? Like, why is he, he, I think it's, it makes sense because of his manipulation that started way before, like when he was in jail, when he hired, when he got that guy who was in jail with him to break the other dude's arm at that party. Like, I'm sure it was all just a plot the entire time. Um, And I kind of felt that too. Like he kind of felt a little unnatural when he was playing along and just trying to be friendly. Um, and then once he, once he breaks that character and becomes that heavyweight champion, you can very much see the real him come out. He becomes such an asshole so quick. Like such, the scene, the scene where, uh, yeah, the scene where Creed goes to see him at the beach and he's throwing a little party with all his friends. Just like, I've never gone from liking to hating one of these Rocky antagonists so fast. I, yeah. I, I was immediately like, Oh, this dude sucks. He literally walks up. Adonis walks up and he's like, yo, man, I let you meet my family. I put my life on the line for you. And then Dame's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you for sure. And then sucker punches him. Like, it's just like, this dude is a real asshole. Um, I will be honest. I was kind of fooled by his act. I I was waiting for something bad to happen between them. That would be the switch. And there isn't one. He's kind of manipulating him and and fucking with him the whole movie. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. It is. Uh, but very interesting. Makes for a very interesting movie. I also think too that his his switch up, like his whole switch up when he's just immediately so much more aggressive. It's interesting to watch the build up because when I thought back on it, I like it's in like the little moments of when they're boxing in the ring or they're sparring in the ring, and he starts to go a little too hard, and the moments where um, the other coach, I can't remember his name. Uh, but he is like there and he's talking to Adonis and he's like, believe him. He's saying that he's the best. Believe him. He might be. You don't know. Yeah. Um, and it's so I heard those things and I was like, oh, he's hiding something. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also interesting, too. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So um, with with um, Damien's character. He is coming straight out of jail, which is super interesting because um, the boxer Mike Tyson, um, a very similar thing happened to him where he was in the boxing rings and he was very much one of the best of the best. uh, And then he went to jail. And then when he came out of jail, he was so much more ripped than what he used to be. 
and was still amazing. Like yeah. it's it's so interesting to think about that. And I I want to say that it's an homage, but I don't know if it is. Um, but it's like. No wonder he has so much hatred build up for Adonis. He's been working out and just thinking about the moment that he can get out of here and get back in the boxing ring for 18 years. Right. And like, I do think what's really interesting about it, too, is when he gets out, like I was wondering, did he know about Adonis's fame while he was in prison? Or did he get out and then immediately get hit with the realization that his childhood friend, who wasn't even really a fighter while he was a fighter, is now like the biggest fighter in the world? Because that would really amplify your resentment. It would immediately be like, holy fuck, it's him. Um, I think I think he mentions that he was he watched the fights while he was in prison. Okay, he saw yeah. It happening. So he's just been like watching him get famous and he was just stuck there. There was nothing he could do. Yeah, exactly. I think that the whole... Um, prison storyline with him is actually extremely interesting like during the scenes where they're young and you are kind of seeing uh adonis be this you know just like someone who carries his bag someone who just hypes him up and then he's just fighting everyone i thought that those sequences were actually really effective and the the immediate realization where i was like michael b jordan actually has a really a really good eye for it as a director because it it's very much like um reminded me of those types of like 80s 90s movies like uh like Juice with Tupac, those opening sequences. I just was like oh, yeah. really reminded of that tone of filmmaking. Um, and I think that using those scenes with them when they're younger is really great. And then the prison stuff, as you had mentioned, um, I do think it could be a homage to Mike Tyson. I don't know if it's like an intentional thing, but, Maybe. I, you know, or that or they saw that kind of arc and they were like, this could really work for for a villain here. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's a great arc because all you can do in prison is work out, and so if you're a boxer like that or something, that's probably all you're gonna do is work out, maybe spar. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you just get jacked, and that's yeah, exactly what Jonathan Majors did. I mean, as someone who's just recently you started enjoying working out for a while, I was doing it and I hated it. I was like, I hate going. This is not fun. Now I've started really liking it, and it's something that I actually am enjoying spending my time on. If I was in prison, it's all I'd do. You know, like I can't imagine there's a lot else to do if, when you're in prison. So it's just like work out or, or read the Bible. Take your yeah. pick. I found, uh, yeah, I could I could totally see how you just like getting that Jonathan Major shape for for that. I wonder if he filmed Ant Man or this first, and I wonder if he was this jacked when he was playing Kang. Ant Man? No, he definitely filmed Ant Man first. And he was probably, like, working out as he was filming Ant-Man. Yeah. Have you seen the clips of Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors training for this movie? It's insane. It's it is wild. Nuts. It, I, if I tried to do a day of that, I'd probably implode. It's like, yeah, it's a really intense workout routine. I was just was watching clips of it, and I was like, wow. I don't know how you guys are even alive to act all day after after doing this. Well, that's like... Uh, we got we got Wolverine coming back for Deadpool three, and Hugh Jackman's been eating like eight thousand calories a day to bulk up. Attaboy. boy, like, that's insane. That's exciting though. It means Wolverine's gonna just be like an absolute beast. Or maybe it's eighty thousand. I don't know. It's a lot. Um, a lot of calories. Because I think the average human needs ten thousand calories a day. I don't know. I'm not a fitness guy. I just watch. I just watch Adonis punch uh, Damien in the face. That's all. That's all I watch. <laughs> You're like that's that's all I know. That's all I know. But watch one guy hit another guy. That's it. 
and then you're you're trained you know exactly how to how to do it and then i watched joe rogan on the sidelines go whoa and damien or uh, dana white on the other sidelines go whoa it's crazy one thing that's really funny about all these fighting movies just a random observation dana white will always appear in them i noticed like gotta, he always has you know who doesn't? Joe Rogan. He's never in these movies. Well, that's because Joe Rogan is actually more kickboxing and like uh, UFC. Mm, not that's true. Like, uh, boxing as much. Yeah. Um, but very true. You do not see Joe Rogan, and it's for a good reason. They're they're just like, all right, everybody knows Dana White. We're just gonna we're just gonna shrug. Of course, the other one you off. gotta have you gotta have Dana White. Like, uh, I also love a thing that they do in all sports movies especially in this one when they have the sections of the movie that's like looks like it would be on like tsn yeah or has the has the like the actual anchors from different like uh they had the anchor from days in or something yeah uh it, to do like an actual clip i love those it, it uh i like how it kind of grounds the story in the real world a little bit I agree. I do like the way they use it here, and I like the way they use it in some of these movies. The one example uh, that I don't like is, funny enough, I was praising this movie at the beginning of the episode, Rocky Balboa. Maybe I should ding that movie a little bit more for how bad the fights are, because it's so emotionally impactful. But then you get to the final fight, and it's like you're watching a fight 2005 pay-per-view. Uh, it's oh. just like, it's so ugly, and the camera is like trying to replicate how those pay-per-view fights look. And it just is so ugly to watch. I'm just like, this feels like I'm watching a UFC match except with Rocky. And I know he's going to win yes. or, you know, lose, but still win. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's, I think that's the ugliest fight in the Rocky franchise. I'll have to watch that. It's the only one where I was just like, Ooh, you need to not try and replicate the way that real boxing matches look. Yeah. Um, let's okay. So really quickly, I remember you texted me after the movie and I was like, did you have any issues with it? And you mentioned that there was some issues you had. Let's just get into those really quickly because we've been praising it for a little bit here. Yeah. I, I think overall after sitting with the movie for a bit longer, I think I don't have as that many issues with it. My only really biggest issue is the final fight. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of uh, my biggest issue. And not because it's bad. It's still a very good fight. I did enjoy it a lot, but it's just anticlimactic for me. Um, the way it ends, like the fight ends, obviously Adonis wins. Um, but then they're just cool. They're just like, respect. Okay, you beat me. I was like, did not 30 minutes ago, Jonathan Majors was like slandering his family and t calling him like weak yeah and the loser like i'm so confused um but i also do understand like the gentleman's code of sports or whatever where it's like all oh, game recognized game i guess so my interpretation of it and i do have some issues with the ending as well but my interpretation of it was that his whole issue was that adonis got here based on his dad's name that he didn't actually earn it he didn't actually deserve it um and that everything that's happened in Adonis' career was a coincidence or, or just luck. And that he's not really that talented. And when Adonis beats him there, I think it's the realization of, like, you did actually deserve this. You've actually earned it. You're a good fighter. But you're right. It's super quick. It's, it's just so fast. And also, 
did nobody else think about this? I thought about this when the movie ended. I was like, wait a minute. So you're telling me Adonis first takes the fame and fortune that Damien wanted and like lives Damien's life and then beats Damien. And now he's like, he'll never be world champion. I was like, wait, is, is he the bad guy? Is he no good? <laughs> like I went and saw it with Sid and Sid was like, who are we supposed to be rooting for? And I was like, when you put it that way, mm. the question does arise. Then again, I do, I do think it is the idea. Cause like he does, Damien does say the line of, um, okay, I didn't teach you some of those moves or whatever. Right. Um, essentially saying like, okay, you're right. You did work hard and make it here on your own. So, uh, very fair. Uh, I, yeah, I just thought it was a bit abrupt and quick and then things were just like good for everyone in the end. Yeah, I can, I can agree. It does kind of just wrap up. There is a bit of a pacing issue for me in regards to Jonathan Majors is there. He's great. Uh, his plan is revealed and the whole manipulation tactic he's doing is revealed. And then he kind of disappears from the movie for like a long while. Um, and that kind of bummed me out a bit. I was just like, I, I kind of want to keep seeing them go at each other's throats. I want to like, like the thriller thing that I had mentioned about him kind of dismantling Adonis's life is there. I just wish it was really like, they really went for it. They really had Dame like actually doing these like kind of twisted things. And I guess, you know, having, somebody infiltrate an event and break his actual opponent's arm so that he can get in there is kind of twisted in a sense, but he's very mean to Adonis until he isn't, which again ties into our our main issue with the ending. To be honest, I think what it really is, is it boils down to what Adonis says um, when he's talking about like how he can't get through to Damien and the only way that he can is by fighting him. Um, I realized that in the movie, all of the things that Damien does for himself to like put himself up on that pe- on that pedestal um, and to make his career go forward, it's all physical. Every single one of it. He breaks. Uh, he hires the guy. Or he gets the guy to break the other boxer's arm so he can be in the final fight. When he calls Adonis on the talk show uh, thing, he's just very immediately just like aggressive with him and chall- And then that's how the fight gets challenged, and that's his whole play. Like. I, all of his plays are not to fight outside of the ring. It's to fight when he gets in the ring. Yeah, um, good point. It all just leads towards the ring and really shows how he is so dead set on being the best that he doesn't want um, he doesn't want to do it by anything other than beating his opponent in the ring the yeah. fa- most fair way he can. That being said, he does cheat and do some horrible things in the ring. Um, but he sees the f- just the fist fight that is uh, boxing as the fairest way of deciding. Right. Yeah. I um, no, I do. I do completely agree with you there, and I think that that does kind of flesh out his. I guess the reason that it feels a little bit hollow is because his motivations are a little bit hollow, and that's and I don't mean that in like a negative thing about the script. I think it's actually an intentional. Like, he's so one-track-minded, that's that's all his motivation is, is to kind of take what Adonis has built. Yeah, definitely. He's very much just, like, one-track mind on a mission, a goal that he's been thinking about for, like, 18 years. So, yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Dreamville soundtrack for Creed 3. Have you been listening to it? Hell yeah, I have. Ooh! Do you have any, do you have any favorite songs, any ones that are sticking with you? Because, man, this is, like... 
I was listening to Gonna Fly Now and like all the Rocky, you know, um, Hearts on Fire from Rocky Four, like the absolute best 80s song ever. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been listening to a lot of that at the gym, but then the Creed Three soundtrack came out and I'm just, it's constant rotation right now. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta have to look at it because um, I don't really, I've only listened to it once so far. And I guess like for listeners too, I think that Creed 1 and Creed 2 have fantastic soundtracks. Um, Creed 1, a lot of really great uh, Philly rap music. Creed 2 is all produced by Mike Will Made It, very good producer. Um, there's some really good songs on that one, but I think, you know, Wesley, you and I, we love this type of rap music, and Dreamville is a group that we are big fans of, and so I think this might be my favorite Creed soundtrack. Yeah, I can't remember what the song is called. Um but there's one of the songs, the song that um, Adonis walks out to. Uh, I can't remember which one it is, um, but that song is so good. I-, I knew it was made exactly for the movie because it was literally like talking about uh, like putting respect on his dad's name, like showing that he's the best, proving himself, all these things. Yeah, um, I- yeah that one is so good. Uh, there are so many great songs on that album, and I really have to listen to it more. I've only listened to a couple of them off it, but um, I, yeah, I wish I knew which one you were talking about by name. But there's four that I've really, really clicked with. Anthem with Big Sean good. is is really good. really good. I don't think Big Sean's made a song like that in in a, in a while. I was like, this song rocks. Same with the Adonis interlude by J Cole. Um, minute and a half. And it's like it was like engineered in a lab to work out to. It's the perfect <laughs> length. Um, and it's just pure hype straight off the bat to the ending. Wow. Great song. I also really liked um, Just Face It with Blast. That's a good catchy kind of R&B slower jam. And then on top of that, the one Shadows with Kehlani. Mm, fantastic stuff. Great yeah, soundtrack. Really good. Yeah. Um, do you have any other big thoughts on Creed Three? Um, not really. Uh, I really do think that Jonathan Majors is, as, as some final thoughts to wrap it up, uh, Jonathan Majors is really showing how dominant of an actor he can be and doing all these amazing roles. Um, and in this movie especially, he is showing that he is a force to be reckoned with. He very much can be standing toe-to-toe with Michael B. Jordan and uh, making him shake in his boots. Yeah. Um, but I also think that Michael B. Jordan does an amazing job at showing off his directorial debut. Uh, a great actor. Uh, an amazing scene between him uh, and his wife. I can't remember the actress's name. but Tessa Thompson? Tessa Thompson, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, That moment where he's like telling her about Leon and all that stuff. Such a great emotional scene with so much weight. Almost made me cry, honestly. I was like... It's pretty powerful. Wow. You know, the way he's... Because the only part of his past that he's ever focused on is his dad and the death of his dad. He's really completely shut out and completely kind of numbed himself to any of the actual stuff from his own past. All the stuff he's willing to face is his dad who was dead before he even got the chance to meet him. Um, And so I think really having him need to face his own actions, his own, these own things that have occurred in his life. Um, this kind of feeling of like one thing that really resonated for me with this movie is the feeling that he feels like he owes this to Dame. Like he's just like, yeah, you got me into this and you lost all this. 
and I almost owe you this chance. And then by giving him that chance, he kind of creates a whole different monster. But I loved and really just resonated with the idea of like, he has this kind of guilt towards the fact that he, he did succeed and he feels like it's almost unearned. Like, I really do think that um, Jonathan Major's character gets into his head and makes him question if he actually deserved any of this and having him just fuck him up in the ring and just realize that this was all him. This wasn't his dad. This is his own legacy. Yeah. Um, I thought was, was really emotionally impactful. Yeah. No, it's, it's really good. Uh, so yeah, I really liked the movie. Thought the show was great. Thought the action and fighting top notch, uh, in shout out to Creed for, um, taking a movie and a concept that has been going on for ages and ages and ages and still keeping it fresh to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a, it's not a boring story to hear. It's a very interesting one. And I think he does a really good job at just like highlighting these big emotional moments on top of these, uh, super intense fight sequences where all the emotion is just let out in the ring. Agreed. And you know, this is kind of a thought on the franchise as a whole. I don't think enough people pay attention to the fact that Rocky is a movie that is really about class. Like it, it, it does kind of really tie in in regards to the fact that Rocky has never been able to have this shot because he's just this random Italian who can't afford it. And, and hasn't, hasn't, he doesn't have all these things that other people are afforded. Um, and that's a recurring theme throughout the, the original movie throughout the sequels. And the way that they tie that idea back in, in Creed with, you know, Adonis Creed being a, a black man, I think it, it just, it's such, it's two different perspectives of the same topic and same conversation. And I think that it's really fresh. And the fact that it's an idea that's been there since the very first movie, and yet it still feels new in the Creed movies. It's a testament to how, how well they're able to do something similar and also pave their own path. Yeah. What would your what would your ranking of the the Creed movies be? We'll do the Rocky ones in a second, or I guess like a franchise whole. But I'm curious: is this the best or the worst or the middle tier Creed for you? I think I'm gonna have to put it from one to from like top to bottom. Number one, original Creed movie. That movie is really good. Uh, it's a great movie. I'm uh, putting that as number one of the Creed movies. Number two is definitely Creed number three. Um, I think Creed 3 is a great um, finale if it is one, and if not, I think it's a great addition to the franchise. And Creed 2, good movie, but just doesn't uh, doesn't have that same freshness that Creed 3 has, and yeah. not doesn't have the same um, uh, character connection with Adonis that I, I really enjoyed in this movie. I will completely agree. Um you know, when I Creed two is very high up in my rankings, and I think that's because it works better as a Rocky movie than it does a Creed movie, which is not, is is a problem with it being a Creed movie. Like I, I can't yeah. sit here and act like that's not a an issue with that movie. Um, but having watched all these so quickly, Creed two did make me cry. It was it really brought the tears at the ending. It's your time. Oh my god, I was I was a mess. Wow. Um, but I will say, this is more creative and unique than than creed 2 was i just think that the send-off to rocky kind of tips to a little bit higher for me um you know when i when i ranked this on the instagram page there was a lot of people who were like giving my opinion giving their opinions and saying oh this list is crazy to each their own but 
my my thing is they're all so good. They're all so good. Like ranking them is really hard because they all have something that's amazing about it. And that's the same thing with the Creed movies. Like Creed three being, you know, my least favorite quote unquote Creed movie does not mean that I liked it less than the others. It just means that they're all equal. And I think that's a very rare thing with a franchise that has nine movies is for almost all of them to be on the exact same playing field. Yeah. Um, what would you rate Creed three? Creed three. I think I want to give Creed three a four out of five. Um, my, maybe even a four and a half. I don't know. It was really good. And I, I want to rewatch it. I, I want to rewatch it too. I kind of do. I want to um, watch his plan kind of in motion the entire movie, knowing where it's headed. I think it would it would make for a, a different experience. I think this is a really good um, sports movie because not only does it have the mon- the classic montages, the training to get better, like the working on yourself to be the ultimate when you are the underdog, you know? Um, it's got all that, but it also has the emotional weight that I want from, like, an emotional story and like really well fleshed out characters and connections and uh intense emotional moments it's got a little bit of everything and i think it does a really good job at balancing all that out and making it not just a movie where two guys punch each other yeah no i I completely agree i'm gonna rank the franchise really quickly and you're welcome to do the same if you i know you haven't seen four in balboa but i don't even think i like i don't remember the original rocky movies that well enough to be able to justify a ranking right now okay we'll stick with my list then and if you have any disagreements you can you can vocalize it yeah I will. but my number nine rocky five absolutely bad movie just not good um sly has said that it's a stain on his on, on the legacy of rocky I wouldn't put it that far. It's not like that horrible, but it's really just not good. Number eight. This one's got me a lot of flack. Um, Rocky three, the one with him fighting Mr. T. He also fights Hulk Hogan in this movie. Wow. This movie is super campy in a good way. I really like it. I almost put this one higher on my list, but then I just got tangled up with the fact that I like a lot of the other ones emotional weight more. But I've been thinking of the line, no, I don't hate Balboa. But I pity the fool, like all, all, pity the fool. <laughs> all week. I finally see where it comes from. Uh, Mr. T is great in that movie. He's an absolute beast. Just a, a great fight. I know the original plan for Creed 3 was Mr. T's son to be the villain. See, that's the thing about that movie is that movie was made for the like wrestlehead people, like the people who are all about the big WWE like craze. Yeah, where you have those people like Hulk Hogan and Mr. T and all this crazy stuff. You know that's why it's so campy. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I do too. The Hulk Hogan fight is hilarious to watch. Genuinely, just hilarious. Um, I guess the reason this one's so low on my list, and I'm going to speed run through the rest of this list. But I guess the reason this one's so low for me is just like the aside from you know spoilers for a movie that's like 40 years old. Aside from Mickey's death, the emotional weight in three isn't really there for me but then again you have apollo creed training rocky and that stuff's just great like there's some really really great stuff in this movie despite the fact that there's also a lot of silliness um seven is rocky two it's only this high because of the final fight in the yo adrian i did it moment that's just like that's just like peak cinema i was watching it i was completely moved by it the rest of the movie um is maybe like, like I think I like Rocky 3 more than Rocky 2. 
but Rocky two gets put higher because of that final fight sequence, you know? Yeah. Um, number six is Creed three. Number five is Rocky Balboa, a uh, divisive take, but I'm sticking with it. That movie is very emotional. The life ain't all sunshine and rainbows monologue is like one of the best monologues in a while. Good stuff. Um, four is Creed two. Three is Rocky four. Rocky fights a Russian and he, He's standing up for America amongst the Cold War. It's just fucking awesome. He runs up a mountain in Russia and then screams Drago's name. We need more characters to run up mountains and scream their opponent's name. I'm just... Iconic. I'm completely here for it. Set to an absolute riot of a song. Rocky IV is like 75% training montages, and a lot of people hate it. I just loved it. I was just like, give me another. Give me another training montage and another... More. Uh, number two is the original Rocky, and number one is Creed. You know, feel free to agree or disagree with the list, but having just watched them all, I was just like, there's, I really lean towards the emotional connection that I have with Rocky as a character. So the ones that tapped into him as a, whether it be like an older man or a, or a struggling person, is where I was just like, this is where it's at its peak. Him that when would- he becomes a superhero is really fun to watch but like we have to call it what it is rocky balboa is a superhero in rocky three yeah <laughs> um yeah that's my that's my rankings what a franchise man and what a blast i've had watching this shit what for the first time a franchise um since we never talk about sports movies really quick before we end are there any other sports movies that stick out in your head super like as iconic sports movies for you i have one that is Hit so iconic it. for me uh, it's called Little Giants. Have you ever seen Little Giants? You've told me about Little Giants. You watched it with Amy, right? Uh, we haven't watched it yet, but um, oh, okay. it's a football movie about these little kids who like make a football team. Um, and I just like vividly remember one of them can't catch a ball unless it's the, a roll of toilet paper. Like He's just so good at catching <laughs> rolls of toilet paper. That to catch the ball, he has to envision the ball as a roll of toilet paper, and then he can catch it. That's um, hilarious. You also have Rick Moranis as the coach. Um, nice. He, he drives around in like this weird homemade golf cart. I it's it's so odd, um, but it's a great little sports movie. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to check this one out. It sounds fun. Um, I guess if I was to name like off the top of my head, a couple of sports movies that I really really love. Raging Bull by Martin Scorsese. Um, you know, it's it's a great boxing movie, but you're also pretty much just watching a dude destroy his life for this sport. It's very bleak, but just a fantastic film. Uh, Jerry Maguire. I miss Tom Cruise when he was in movies like this. Just classic. You know, show me the money. Uh, and Moneyball is another one that comes to mind. I really Moneyball loved Moneyball. Um, the Fighter with Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale is another great one. I, Tanya. You seen I, Tanya with Margot Robbie? I have. Yes, yes. You know, kind of a sports movie. Yeah, it's it's a sports movie. Blades of Glory. I'm just kidding. No, it's not a sports movie. It doesn't count? No. <laughs> What's the... There's one more for me. The Karate Kid. Iconic. Karate Kid's you know? iconic. And I, I'm talking about the original, but because we grew up during the 2000s, I, I kind of like the Jaden Smith one, too. Oh, I, I think the original is just a million times better. They're not even in a competition, okay. but Very good. I have you a fondness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, like it's that's not even a discussion. But I do have a fondness for that that one as a separate thing. You know, as a Karate Kid movie, no, it's not it. But 
I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. Now he's bigger than me, taller than me. He's. <laughs> but he ain't on the JB song with me. Hey. Anywho, maybe, that's... <laughs> maybe that movie's bad. Maybe I don't remember, and maybe it's bad. You don't because when uh, Jackie Chan is trying to catch the fly with chopsticks, he just instead, he's going with the chopsticks, and then he just hits it with some fly swatter. And he picks the fly off with the chopsticks. He's had enough. Yeah, he's had enough. Um, what would you, Hayden, you didn't even rate Creed 3. We got on a tangent of sports movies. Oh, I would rate Creed 3 or 4 as well. I think I'm with you. Could go up on a rewatch. Um, and I honestly think that I'm going to rewatch this franchise at some point in the next year because I just had so much wow. fun with it. It's just a blast. Uh, and I think my list could change a lot on like a second viewing of the franchise just because at that point I'll know what I love the most about all these movies. Yeah. But yeah, Creed 3 is, is a four-star movie for me. It's just incredibly solid. Yeah. I think that's about everything we have to say about uh, Creed 3 and the Creed franchise and the Rocky franchise. All these movies. Mega um, episode. But thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to check out our other episodes, you can find us at the Dive and Movie Cast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at the same handle. Uh, and our individual Instagrams, I'm at Wesley Giffen. I am at Hayden Kutris, and it is the same name on our letterbox. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yo, Adrian. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Yo, Adrian. <laughs>